And welcome back to Beyond the Void. Horror Happy Birthday Cast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's episode 179. And today, not only are we going to be celebrating my birthday as Christina tried to slip in there. Happy birthday. It's uh, your birthday. It's my birthday week. Uh, I'm technically, my birthday is tomorrow for you guys. Dude, but seriously, this is, I'm sorry. This is like the worst time to have a birthday. I know. Like nothing. I'm so sorry. No, nothing says birthday celebration like sitting in your house day after day, pretending that the apocalypse isn't wiping out our masses and that it isn't really happening in your mind. So I, you know, don't lose it, of course. Or, you know, trying not to envision that my dog Murray is feeding off my corpse <laughs> in the future, of course, because I decided to buy a movie that shipped to my my house so that I can entertain you fucking assholes. Okay. <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> no, but seriously, like we like, sanitize when we get packages. Yeah. We, we, I pick it up with clubs and we, and I say, we sanitize it down. And I leave it outside for as long as I can before we actually open it up. Dude, and we'll like, sanitize it when it's open. We are going to order a pizza for my birthday. That's the highlight. Yeah, okay. Pizza. For my birthday on Tuesday. Uh, so Christina and I are probably going to grab the box. They even offer service where they drop it on your front porch so that you don't have to come into contact with anybody. Mm -hmm. And we were like, even when we get the box, we like open it up. We wipe down the box with sanitizer and spray the box. Spray the pizza down with Lysol. <laughs> Not the pizza. <laughs> you don't know, though. You don't know. It's a Trojan Everything horse. Everything can be affected. It's a Trojan horse coming into our fucking well, fucking, uh, you know, sanitized house right now, you know? <laughs> It's like, and then we got to take the dog to the vet, and it's well, like, well, I have to take the dog to the vet. Well, what's it's not the only reason we're doing one person is I because know. it's just stupid to do two people. But it is cool that they they offer where I don't have to go in the building. They come get the dog out of the car, and they take, and then they'll call you on the phone. So right. that's pretty cool. You know, I was thinking too, like for next week we might do like you know I would do more movies that are around this, but it's starting to get a little bit serious, and uh, well, it has well, always been serious, serious. But I'm just but saying, yeah. I you know. Maybe it's a little too on the nose to do like Cabin Fever 1 and 2, but yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? We still don't know what we're going to do next week, but this week we're going to be doing two movies that I picked. It's a grab bag, so they're not really related in any sense other than the fact that I just wanted to pick these movies to watch for my birthday episode, which is what we do for each host, actually. So oh, when do you're, you? Yeah, so when you, if you're still not hating me uh, in August I haven't and we haven't you. died, I guess... <laughs> 
So we could do The Dark Knight? You, no. It's got to be <laughs> horror, but you can pick well, it. I mean, it is a little well, You can start thinking about it now. But anyway, we're going to be doing two movies today. We're going to be doing Extro from 1982 and... Deadline from 1984. Technically, it released then, but yeah. Whatever. We'll we'll go over that, all that stuff. These are two movies that... Um, one of them I got sent by Plemke, who comes to the Twitch stream that I've been doing three nights a week for years now. Um, so if you guys haven't been to that, you should come to twitch.tv forward slash D-E-K-O-N-R-E-I-G-H-N, Deacon Rain, and come hang out with us. Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, we do this shit. We've been playing Doom Eternal, and we're about to beat it, I think, tonight. I don't know. It could be Monday, too. I don't know. So when this airs. Uh-huh. Plus, you know, this is going to be, I'm going to be celebrating my birthday on Monday, the day this episode airs, on Twitch, so... Hopefully that makes, you know, the birthday week a little bit better. But yeah, it'd be great to see you guys there. So, but yeah, Plemke from the stream gave it to me and I'm super glad about it because I really love that Blu-ray. It's it's awesome. And then we're going to do Deadline because it was sent out to us by Vinegar Syndrome to do a review of. And uh, I'm going to be doing it up, telling you all about it. We're going to tell you all about all the extras that are in this movie, not necessarily all the trivia that's in this in these movies. I just picked one and then pick some of the things I thought were interesting and then yeah went uh-huh. on with it so From the actual uh, blu-ray it was a blu-ray right yeah both of these blu-rays are pretty interesting I was really excited to see deadline because I'm like I don't know if you guys are like me but I I search for new shit all the time especially if it's in the 80s and uh-huh. I haven't seen it like I'm like have you, have you ever even heard of it oh deadline yeah. no I've never heard of it I oh, might have weird. seen the cover of it when I was a kid but just uh-huh. it didn't appeal to me because back then that's how you picked fucking movies oh, yeah, just like exactly. you did music because right. we didn't have the internet right. <laughs> we, we couldn't sample bullshit or see trailers right. we just had to go on a whim <laughs> so but i think it might be that time what time is it it's my fucking birthday duh no i'm kidding <laughs> horse shots All right, guys. So Christina wanted me to do a fucking birthday shot, and I just thought that was lame. Like, oh, we'll just so cheers lame. to it in anyway. So it's like I like to do these based off the movies that we watch because it's like I get to put my own personal stamp and like you know. And if maybe if the directors see it, they're like, someone made a shot, you know, like 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 someone tattooed my face on their butthole. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's very similar. It tastes the same. <laughs> Usually. It all ends up there if it's not a good drink. Well, that's true, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this week we're going to be doing a shot based on the movie Extro from 1982. We're calling this one a neck sucker. Oh, yeah. Next. I totally forgot the name of it. I'm sorry. It's a neck sucker. Yeah, it's a neck sucker. But yeah. So if you've seen the movie, there's a scene in which it's very uncomfortable and very weird and very odd. Weird. And there's a story on that that we'll get to in the trivia if you've seen oh. this movie. But, you know, it's basically this alien father sucking on his kid's neck and turning him into an alien. No big deal. No big deal. So Happens thought, every day. So we thought we'd immortalize this moment in the film <laughs> by making an untasteful uh, shot that maybe is very tasty <laughs> for <laughs> you guys hope. to drink this week. All right. Uh, so Christina came up with the ingredients. So it's one ounce Jim Bean vanilla, and then it's one ounce of the Malibu 
pineapple pre-mixed drink thing. Right. Yeah. It's like a little can that you get, like the like uh, V8 cans almost. Right. Yeah. And they sell them in a big bottle too. But if you go to the website, you can see what exactly which one it is. You could probably find it at just about any place that you go. Yeah. It, it's like a new well, item. That, well, if yeah. they still... <laughs> if you can even go inside. Alcohol, yeah. Well, that's one of the things I've noticed is that the alcohol almost is completely untouched because yeah. people don't want to spend frivolous things even though they're there's probably i mean i saw some kids last night walking out back drinking hanging out laying yeah. in the grass together oh my gosh <laughs> just rubbing corona all over their face and balls <laughs> and then just, and then rubbing their naughty bits whatever together. just tell them to stay over there <laughs> Stop it with your naughty bit joke. <laughs> so, so Christina made it up here, and we're gonna go ahead and take it. And do a little smelly, little smelly. <laughs> what are you laughing about? We didn't do this twice. <laughs> She's laughing because I forgot we were gonna take this shot. <laughs> and I went ahead and started going, and that's it for horror shots. And she was like, "Wait, wait a second. Uh, all right." Ready? Happy birthday, Alex. Thank you, Christina. I love you. Oh, to, wait. Take that out. Let's, I don't <laughs> even care. I just. I hope I have another birthday. Let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. Here's the, to another birthday. Here's to 35. Yeah. Here's to 24. <laughs> hey, That's not, not bad. bad. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, it just hit me. It's, it's that Jim Beam. Beam. Yeah. Oh, fire. Plus, you know, when you drink Malibu anything, it tastes like you're drinking Ugh. fucking suntan lotion. <laughs> That's it's like not the that one bad. thing that smells exactly how it. You know, mm-hmm. Wait, is that right? How the suntan lotion smells is exactly how fucking the Malibu rum tastes. Rum, it totally is. Like even in the white bottle, I'm like, you fucking pieces of shit. It's just that coconut smell. It's that artificial coconut. <sighs> yeah, I don't smell. like. I don't like coconut to be honest with you. But it's, it's not a bad shot. It's pretty decent. It works. Yeah, it's pretty good. You well, gotta understand, guys. We are very limited on supplies here, and we don't go to the store. Like we've gone out like once every two weeks now. Yeah. Maybe twice. Uh, not that much. Yeah. At all. We're trying to avoid. You know, death. <laughs> but if you would like to go out to the store and find all the ingredients for a neck sucker, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com to check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. Christina's pretending you, to mouth this shit are over. You sure, are you sure that's it for horror shots? What? I can't say the same thing each episode? <laughs> Yes, and this was made by a whore, so... Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> Everybody jokes about that us, with us online and say... Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, guys, uh, so now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of our extra from 1982 and... Deadline from 1984-ish. Right now. Alright guys, so we're gonna kick it off in chronological order for my birthday motherfucking party. And I did all the work on this, even though Christina should have done it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, I did extra. No. Yes. You told me to I told you deadline. Oh, you're right. I know. <laughs> did you see how pissed I got? Yeah, right she there? got triggered like a motherfucker. I did get triggered because you always fucking do that. Jesus Christ. So this is what it's like behind the scenes, guys. 
Okay, can we talk about this movie, please? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Now, shush. You. Okay. Well, happy birthday. birthday. Happy Jeez. birthday. All right. We watched Extro from 1984. It's about a man who is abducted by aliens, returns to his family three years later, but his presence affects them negatively. The tagline for this movie is a brutal excursion in terror. In terror. <laughs> Dork. This movie was directed by Harry Bromley Davenport. Mm-hmm. He also directed Extra 2 and 3. Yes. He also wrote Extra 1. Just the first one. Yeah. He also directed a film called Life Among Cam- Cannibals. And his first film uh, that I really want to check out and I've never watched was from 1976 called Whispers of Fear. It's what got oh. him this this movie. Okay. Another writer on this film is Lane Cassie. It looks like Lane. It says like a lowercase L or a uppercase I. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Ying Cassie, maybe? Also, Michael Perry. He's also written some episodes for Monsters TV series. Mm-hmm. He also wrote the screenplay for The Uncanny. Also, Robert Smith. He also wrote Extra 2, and he's done some work on some TV shows. And he was the singer for Cure. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. I didn't even catch <laughs> Not really. I didn't even it's not catch really. That. <laughs> could really use a cure right now oh, anyway. wow. <laughs> um i just said that because i saw it in a meme <laughs> Jesus Christ. all right this movie stars Philip sayer who plays sam the dad mm-hmm. he passed away in 1989 at the age of 42 um he's been in a lot of bbc shows and he was also in a movie from 1983 called playground Okay. Bernice Seegers, who plays Rachel. She's pretty much just a working actress. Um, she's done a lot of BBC shows. She was also in Four Weddings and a Funeral, like the original. Right. And a, a, a movie called Prince of Shadows from 1991. Danny Brandon plays Joe. He hasn't done much, but he was an extra in the, the film called Yentl from 1983, who uh, Barbara Streisand was in. Okay. But he was also in a three-hour biography called John and Yoko, A Love Story. Mary- I wonder what that's about. Oh, I just don't kidding. know. Who's, who's John and Yoko? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Imagine. <laughs> All the people? <laughs> oh, I'm hey, I can't be okay. the only one that thinks that. <laughs> Stop. We can do this all day. <laughs> okay. Uh, Miriam... Diabo, who plays Annalise, she's a French actress. Mm-hmm. Um, Extra was her very first movie, and she's still acting today. Is she French? Yeah, it even, it said in her bio. Did it? She's a French actress. She's done a lot of TV. Um, she was in Murder She Wrote, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, the Well Cooked Ham episode from 1993, and she, most recently she's been in the show Pandora. Uh, the show on the CW. Okay. And she was also one of the Living Daylights Bond girls. Oh, yeah. In the Living Daylights movie. Have... That was like one of her biggest accolades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what... Yeah. She did that just Star- a couple the... years after this movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Uh, Simon Nash, who plays Tony, the kid, Um, he hasn't done much. And it looks like he stopped acting in like the late 90s, but he's uh, mostly done like TV. He was in the movie called Brazil. From 1985. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, Harry Bromley Davenport, the director, also did the music in this movie, which oh, he's he a classic trained pianist. Um, he writes classical music and shit like that. And uh, he did, for the first time ever, he started working on this to do more synthy stuff. Like, it's like pretty much the second thing he ever made. And the music in this 
to me, bears a little resemblance to the music of Christmas Evil in parts. If you oh, listen to the yeah. like, ding, 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 whatever the uh-huh. fuck the music is, it's very similar. I remember we had to stop it because I was like, I gotta listen and You're see. You're freaking out about it. But I'm not 100% on sure on that. It does sound very similar, though. And, you know, I love that movie, so that's why it pops in my head. But I still like the music in this. It's just weird and synthy. Plus, for all you synth heads out there, he used an, an old Prophet 5 to make the music in this movie. So for those of you... Is that a keyboard? What is that? Yeah. A it's, a, it's a synthesizer. Oh, yeah. okay. It's, it's, they've actually made newer ones that use it, mimic it a little bit. Oh. There's like a Prophet 6, which I really want. Is that like a... A Moog? What are those called? Yeah, I mean, that's a synthesizer. It's a company that does synthesizers. Oh, it's just a... Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I don't know nothing about this They do stuff. a lot of stuff, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Tom Harris did the special effects in this, and Francis Coates did the actual creature design for this. And this movie was only made on about 35,000 British pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's cheap. Yeah, I thought so, too. They made it stretch. Yeah, they did. They did a pretty good job, too. What did you think about this movie, Birthday Boy? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. (laughs) I would have never expected that. Um, So this movie is fucking weird, guys. Like in every sense and every possible best way of the sense of weird, which is something I always look for in horror films and just films in general. I like just weird shit that I've never seen. Something that breaks the mold of the tropes. You know, that you normally Uh see. And I remember when I was a kid, my father had a copy of this movie. And I believe that I always remember fondly of all the beta movies that he owned because he was friends with the video store guy and he would hook him up. Uh-huh. for cheap because these movies would cost like you know 80 to 250 dollars a piece because they were only selling them to video store rental places uh-huh. and then they would rent those movies out to people to watch uh-huh. you know and make their money back on the movies that they bought and then eventually break even and go over hopefully uh-huh. but yeah my dad had a copy of this and the cover fucking always haunted me and I remember <laughs> I remember watching this a lot as a kid and just like pure fucking what the fuck creepy amazement you know like I remember watching it a lot and it's really not a kids movie per se because it's got so many fucked up moments in it and I mean there are some seriously fucked up practical effects in this movie there is. stuff that reminds me very much of David Cronenberg's work on some of his other films. It can definitely be creepy while still being kind of childlike and just off the wall odd at -hmm. times. But it scared the piss out of me as a kid. And it was just creepy. The creature in itself was just too much for me. I can see that as Um, a kid. Oh, my God. It was very like. Right. Nightmares. Um, I shouldn't have been watching it, probably. <laughs> but, no, you, you know, fuck know. it. You know, I was pretty young. I mean, it, it's it's a British film that apparently thought E.T. was too fucking tame because they pretty much based their entire, you know, some aliens are not as friendly as others. <laughs> You know, but, you know, much like the stories of robots, like if you've ever seen movies or read books on robots, there's two sides to the coin. There's those who think they're helpful and help humanity. And then there's those that think they'll be the end of the world. Uh And that's essentially how aliens are. You know, it's the same fucking thing, same, same thing. And and I I personally like the, the scarier stuff. Uh, honestly more than like E.T. Uh, because I'm just fucked up. <laughs> so right. if, if you're looking for friendly, this ain't that movie, guys. This one shoots for spectacularly wild and bizarre scenes to make you go, 
what the fuck? And I can't say that enough. Like scenes you aren't likely to see in another film. Like many different stories and moving parts in one movie. And it doesn't take you where you think it will. Like I said, it's like very unique and breaks the, the mold. Right. So it, I'm, in my opinion, it's just chock full of fantastic. And this is what I would consider to be a kitchen sink movie because. Kitchen sink? Yeah, because it's got everything but the kitchen oh. sink. Yeah. <laughs> I see. <laughs> but uh it's essentially about a father who disappears with his son next to him they're playing fetch with the dog and the next thing they throw it up in the air and the stick freezes time he rips a hole in the universe in the existence or whatever and his dad disappears and no one believes him that aliens took him so years forward you know the family is reunited with the father in some really fucking grotesque fucked up way. And he comes back and literally turns the family upside down. And she's been like, the mom's been remarried and uh, is our new boyfriend. At least I think, I don't know if she's been married, but no, uh, you got creepy aliens, mind powers that turn a kid into a fucking sadistic mind killer, alien pregnation, and so much more. Like, they really do not make movies like this, which is probably why we got two sequels by the same director. I I recall part two being okay, and I can't remember if I like part three or not. It's been a little while since I've seen the trilogy. Isn't part three coming out on no, Blu-ray or something? It's actually on Vinegar Syndrome already. Oh, it already. It came out oh, okay. like a couple months ago. Oh, okay. You can't get the second one yet. I don't know. It's tied up. Uh, I believe Image Entertainment put one out oh. on DVD, but it's like over $100 to buy one now. It's oh, like no, ridiculous amount of money. Right. But this one, the Extro from 1982, Second Sight put out, and it's region free. So if you guys are interested in picking this up, I believe it's like for $20 and you can still get it shipped out to you or buy it on Amazon or whatever like that and have it sent to you. So it's got a fuck ton of extras in it, including like four different versions, like the alternate ending, the original ending, the UK video release, and another version where the director actually adjusted the picture quality and things. And he kind of, I'm I'm assuming he didn't like the green that you normally see in a Blu-ray when it's from 35 millimeter. Uh Because you see it gets this grainy look. And like, I noticed that his version was like a version that like smeared it all together and kind of posterized it or posterized what you call it in Photoshop. Uh Uh, So it just makes it look smoother. Uh-huh. And it kind of also makes it look like angelic. Uh, he even said, he was like, this is a version they let me tweak and it could be better. It could be worse. You uh-huh. be the judge. So, but it's on there. So four versions of the movie. I think the, the original and the alternate ending looks perfectly fine as it is, but those other ones are on there anyway. And they have a, like a 57 minute making of, which is by Jake West, which I'll talk about that. We had him on the podcast. He's the director of evil aliens. Oh. And Doghouse. Um, he also does nucleus films. He does uh-huh. like a distribution and um, documentary company oh, stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll talk about him a little bit more later. But honestly, though, I think if you're a fan of this movie, it's a good release. I really enjoy it. It's super obscure. Super. For, yeah, and you know, from people like me who are older and love the '80s and remember this kind of movie with fondness. I think this is a, a really good purchase. So thank you, Plumpy. Like I'm super happy with it. Like uh, I'd suggest you watch this at least 
for your own sake to check out anyway, because it is just so crazy. And I think you can find a copy online for like YouTube or something like that. But if you got the Skrilla, I would Spilla it onto the fucking DVD. Oh, my God. I know. Sorry. (laughs) But as far as a rating for this movie, guys, I would definitely give this one an 8.5. It's a classic film for me. Right. It's it's not for everyone i think i think newer kids like younger kids would probably not find it as oh entertaining right but it is so unique and weird and really weird and it's played straight like super straight like Uh these are really classically trained actors in this movie and it gives it this sort of different feel because of that Uh you know not in the so bad it's good way although i'm sure somebody might put it in that category but i don't think it's like i don't think so i didn't laugh at it 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 has an atmosphere right like it has a vibe about it and and it's really artistic in my way even though to some it might seem like there's just too much going on and all these different pieces that fit together i i love it for that so i'm i'm a very proud owner of this fine gift (laughs) nice What'd you say? 8.5? 8.5. What about you? What'd you think? Oh. This well, is your first time seeing it. This is my it. very first time seeing it. And I was like, oh, God, Alex picked another alien rape movie. <laughs> I was Another one. We had one last week. I was so pissed. Well, we had two last week, pretty much. Another so alien you hated rape it? movie. No, I didn't. I was really surprised. I really, really liked it. Like, yeah. I liked it a lot. Like, I've been thinking about it. The creatures are really cool, like you're saying, and then all the visual effects and just the way it was shot. Um, I remember when we got the movie in the mail from Planky, I was like rolling my eyes because you were like looking at the cover, like oh god, another terrible '80s movie. <laughs> so like to actually, and I was not like looking forward to watching it. But I don't even think this is an S big movie. Like no, this is a it's a really good movie. Good movie. Yeah, it, it. Like I said, you could compare it to that for some people, but. When you've ate so much cheese, you kind of know what cheese is, the funkier cheese. Exactly. And this is not that. This is cheese, but it's not that cheesy. And then you got me thinking, too, because you were talking about E.T., and I was like... Oh, I wonder if is this better than ET? Because oh, I don't know. Carnosaurus and it's a Carnosaurus was better than Jurassic Park. Oh my God! Here like, we go. Could this one be better than ET? I don't know. You'd have to watch it's it again to say. Line. Yeah, because I haven't seen ET. ET is a childhood fucking favorite. You can't really touch that. Yeah, it's I a completely know. different ball game. It's like playing hockey versus like baseball. You can't. You can't mix I the can. two. Yes, I can. If it was in the same genre, <laughs> it just, you know, just because they're aliens doesn't mean they're going to be the same. But yeah, <sighs> I'm a, I'm a sick person. fuck. So yeah, I'm going to love Extro and, right. and, 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 and have the nostalgia factor for E.T. But, right. Uh, okay. Anyway, what I also enjoyed was the kid wasn't annoying because usually when kids. You didn't think so? Are, no, I didn't think the kid was annoying at all because when I think of annoying children in, in movies, I always think of the, ba- the Babadook. God, oh God. well, yeah, that was kid. intentionally done. I, yeah, I know, but I almost didn't finish it because that fucking. Kid they wanted was, you to oh. get to the point where you would like want to murder the kid yourself. Right, much. I totally would have too. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that didn't make sense to me was there was a three-year gap from the dad's abduction to him coming back, mm-hmm. and the kid didn't age at all. Like they didn't even put any effort into like changing the pictures. Oh yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. They or talk about like that, that in the extras. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, oh well, good. I'm glad I mentioned it because that really bothered me for some. Yeah, reason. they said he gained a lot of weight. Oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, even funny. the director said that he was gonna like slim him down. Oh my. God. He like in his version, he like made the the <gasps> film make him look slimmer. Oh, how funny. <laughs> 
That's I was funny. like, that's fucked up. <laughs> anyway. Fat um, shaming children you know, <laughs> from the 80s. <laughs> Um, I did. I really enjoyed the storyline and the concept of not knowing if the dad was full on alien or if he was just like possessed by an alien. Like he kept going back and forth to like evil and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Also, I really liked the story in terms of the mom. She was abandoned by the husband because they didn't know he was abducted, right. and um, and then he she had to move on with her life. And then all, and she had to struggle with all, you know, the stuff. And then her husband just fucking shows back up. Right. Which like, is a whole new dynamic in the movie. Yeah, it's like, really. the, that's why I mean by there's so many different like layers, moving parts. And like, right. it really adds to the movie. It's like a family drama horror. Right. And then towards the end, she didn't know if she was getting conned right. by the alien. Like she had conflicted feelings. I really like that aspect of it. I thought it was really good. A lot of awkward stuff in this. Yeah. The, really Like was. awkward situations. Yeah. Situations. Situationally, yeah. But I'm really glad we own this movie and I'm probably going to watch it again. And I gave it a 9 out of 10. Really? Yes, I did. I wow. Really like, I'm so like shocked how much I like She's really movie. come around, guys. Like she. No, I'm not. It's because I know good movies, Alex. I don't just like, oh, yeah, they did good here. They, you, you don't know. No, this was a good movie. Well, now I feel like I got to push it to a 9 because you're just out of control. <laughs> I mean, for an 80s movie, it is definitely up yeah. there. So it's like 8.5 to 9 for me, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to, to kind of like, you know give it a number because it has such a nostalgia factor so i'm trying to like well we don't have to give numbers but but i'm just saying for me as a child watching this and growing up with it it's a classic for me right like it's one that a lot of people haven't seen also because it hasn't always been readily available to everybody don't base it on you saw it as a child yes you have a nurse it is a movie i would go and pull off the shelf anytime someone brought it up yeah then it should have a high score yeah well, whatever. I think 8.5 is fine, too. Yeah, it is. It's fine. Eight's good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm surprised by you, though. Happy birthday. I gave it a good score. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I was not you. expecting that. You, you used to be, this is how she used to be to me, guys. Like, before she came on the podcast and started doing it, she'd be like, God, another 80s movie? Yeah. Well, no, like I said, that's how I felt. I didn't even want to wa- watch this movie. I right. was like, God, I don't want to watch this fucking movie. But now but I'm there's glad just, I did. There's something about the 80s for me, and I'm not just saying that because I'm old. And, you know, I think about, like, I've mentioned this in the podcast before. Like, I know older guys who are just, like, infatuated with the 50s and 60s. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, that's part of being older, but it's also part of not getting that in this genre these days. Like, we don't. Oh, I don't think that's true. It's like there's something about the 80s that was just so ridiculous and also so cool at the same time and it's but just you can't that, say that can you say that about the 70s see it's all now now you're getting into there's some, it's yeah all no but i'm i'm getting into the uh, 70s a lot lately too because you know we got a lot of movies in the 70s well can we go up a little bit more because let's go back into the 90s let's focus on the 90s please because <laughs> that's worst, my era the worst you're decade in the 80s and i'm the 90s and there's right. good ones in the 90s all right there are good ones i'm just saying it's not the best the 80s <sighs> sorry guys <laughs> I'm going to hit her. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) The Strike Her podcast. Hey, I don't care if it's your birthday, okay? (laughs) Watch your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, guys, so we'll we're basically going to go into our spoiler section now. We'll probably talk about some of the I have some trivia that we're going to be talking about. I also have some scenes that we want to talk about and I have it mixed in with the scenes. So oh, okay, you good. Know, it's like kind of fluid that way. But if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend you either. I mean, honestly, I, I would 
buy this movie for some people because I think they would like it. Right. And I'd be surprised if I was wrong on that. Although I have sent movies out to people, John Hale, uh, that they haven't told me if they liked yet. And I'm worried they didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled, this is the spoiler section. You have been warned. All right. So did you know if it wasn't for this film doing so well in the United States that we might not have seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Why is that? Because New Line, Bob Shea, Robert Shea, owned New Line Cinema. And he had only done like one movie before this of in 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 horror. And Extra was the second movie feature film for horror. Okay. And it blew up over here in the United States. It did really well. And because it did well in the theaters, it gave them New Line Cinema, gave them enough money to stay afloat because at the time they were going through some really serious financial problems. Uh-huh. And if it wasn't for this movie doing well enough, oh, then they I... would have never produced and made oh, okay. Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, oh. it might have gotten out there eventually anyway, right. later in the 80s. But if it weren't for Extra, we would not Making have seen money. it the way that it is today. Oh, that's interesting. So I thought, yeah, thanks, Extro. Thank you, Bob yeah. Shay. Thank you, fucking uh, Harry Davenport. Thank you, everybody that made this fucking movie, because <laughs> we got a whole fucking, you know, say what you will, an entire franchise of, like, one of my favorite franchises ever. Right. One of the most creative franchises that you'll right. ever find, right. in my opinion. Some of the extras that I was talking about earlier, there's one uh, particular one that was a 57-minute documentary called Exploring Extro, <laughs> which I mentioned Jake West did with his company called Nucleus Films. They do the documentary on there. So uh, if you guys haven't listened to our episode with Jake West, he is a director and he talks about all of it. He also did the Video Nasties documentaries that Severin has put out on uh, two different. I think there might be a third one, but I I could be wrong. But I still want to get them because they're really good. And I think Shutter had them up for a little while Uh and then they took them down. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. But coincidentally, Extra was also included on the Video Nasties list in the UK. It was a Section 3 title and was never prosecuted, though. Oh, okay. So they also included the Digital Roadshow interview in this disc as well. There's like a ton of different extras. There's like four different extras that Nucleus Films and Jake West edited, directed, and everything. And then there's one from the Digital Roadshow, which has Harry, the director, pretty much like shitting on the movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And, wow. and so they titled it like ex, uh, Extro Expose. Mm-hmm. Because you could tell like it had been a long time. This is an old uh, interview. Mm-hmm. From like 2000 or something like that. Like 2000 something. Isn't it weird that the 2000s is like old now? I mean, yeah. That's kind of weird. It's part of being old. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, it's okay, Grandma. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm an old old grandpa, almost. <laughs> so anyway, they went through some numerous <laughs> attempts. That's what I'm going to sound like in the future when like we're doing these. next yeah. year. Anyway... Extra was made in 1984. Put in your teeth. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But they went through numerous attempts of the screenplay of this movie over like five different people. Like Bob Shea, one of the distributor heads, he was a new line that I mentioned, was friends with Mark Forstatter, who was producing Extra. And it was called Monstro at the time. Monstro? The first screenplay was. Oh, okay. And... 
he was always jealous, like Bob Shea was always jealous that Mark didn't distribute Monty Python's Holy Grail because he produced that film and he didn't distribute it through New Line Cinema because I guess they were going through some rough times at that time. So he was like, that really would have saved us. Right. Uh, So they they had a working relationship and this was the movie that kind of brought them together because of that. He was like, yeah, he always gave me shit. Like, why didn't you do it over here? And um. So they wanted to sort of cater to New Line in this new partnership because they were providing a lot of money because New Line uh-huh. did have a little a lot of money at the time and they were betting the farm on this. Uh-huh. So they so they wanted to make sure that they, you know, did it right, marketed it well and had all the right parts to make sure that New Line Cinema could stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um Philip Sayer, who is the guy who plays the father who comes back, he passed away shortly after this movie. Right. He died of lung cancer, a, a particular type of lung cancer. Oh, okay. I didn't know how very, he died. He was like 41 years he old. He was 42. 42? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. He, he, he died. And apparently... 1989, he yeah, died. He, um, Brian May, who is uh, part of Queen, the band Queen, uh-huh. he wrote a song about him on his solo album um, called Back to the Light. And it's it's the song is called Just One Life. And they even had like a, a sort of like an homage to Philip Sayer in the movie that was like really nice. Aww. Like Jake West did a really good job on that. It was very uh-huh. kind of heartfelt. Oh, wow. So um, Bernice Sagers, who you mentioned, the, the, the mother in this right. movie, she actually didn't drive. Neither did Philip Sayers. Oh, they didn't know how to drive? No. So there's scenes in the movie where they're driving. There's a lot of scenes in the movie where they're driving. You want to know how they did it? What, did they tow the car? They had a guy with his legs under her seat or like she was sitting on his lap or something like that. And he was driving and she was steering. That's so weird. How do you not know how to drive? Well, they just didn't. She was like 30 or something like that. And they just didn't have the need for it because they they lived in the city and it wasn't a big deal. You know, another pet peeve, a pet peeve about this movie, since you're bringing up the driving, is that everything's on the wrong side. Like that, I was like, right? Well, yeah, you got to think about that. But can you imagine though, like someone just not being, not looking as they're driving and just pushing on the gas and the brake? Yeah. And then on top of it, the guys, the two people that don't drive, are scared out of their fucking minds. Yeah, because they can't see. She said that. Philip Sayer was just sick with terror in the passenger seat. So she said he was really having a hard time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that probably added to their acting in those scenes, too. Yeah. Because there was some intense sure yeah well the 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 whole there that was a weird dynamic that that i think they did really well i I do too i do too do you remember how you were talking about in the credits and you said what the fuck is tick and talk yeah that's right i did i was like tiktok what (laughs) i know well they were some of the actors in the film originally at the time these two guys they were performing as tick and talk where they did this like whole robot shtick Uh which was really popular in the 80s because people were like moving like robots like like breakdancing. Right. And they actually had a career being robot places and every weekend would perform like Friday and Saturday. So what were they in the movie? They were Tim. Well, first of all, their names are Tim Dry, who is Tick, and Sean Crawford, who is Talk. Um, they were Alien. Tim Dry played the Alien. He was Tick. And Talk, played by Sean Crawford, was the Toy Soldier. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and the, yeah, he told this scene. really funny story about how he's like, oh, we got to make an alien. Wouldn't it be really cool if you like walked on your back and your hands and legs? Uh-huh. And like, wouldn't it make the alien look really cool if you did it that way? And they were like, oh, my God. 
and you and just put the did. head on reverse. Right. And yeah. It did. He said it was like one of the most. He was getting really upset about that. Really? <laughs> yeah, because he said that they, you know, there was a part where he comes up out of the ground, out of the water, out right. of the, you know, and he was almost drowned. Oh my god! And he was just like fed up with it, like for hours, like hours, he was on his hands oh, and feet like that. that They're sucks. like, "Hey, we're gonna go take a break." What? What? Um, no. And it's like a skin tight suit, you know what I mean? Yeah. With this head on the back of his head, <laughs> and it's over his face too because they didn't want to. Yeah, and I'm sure he had to like bend forward all the time yeah oh yeah he said it was really uncomfortable he was like i really in in hindsight wish i would have never said that but it looks great (laughs) (laughs) but anyway oh yeah uh harry the director also wanted to make a sequel and apparently for part two extra two and three he made those sequels as well and when he did he wasn't able to use any of the elements of the story so he had to make subsequent oh. sequels without any connection whatsoever. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, especially because I remember them being very different from each other. Okay. But he was able to use the name legally, but he wasn't uh-huh. able to use the, the writing, the characters. Okay. Yeah, which well, I thought was really weird. That is kind of weird. But I, people do it all the time. So, Carnosaurus. And, and they have an extra four script called The Big One coming out, and they showed some of the test footage for it, which I. It's coming out like it's I new? Well, him and Mark Forstatter are trying to do it. Oh, okay. This was back in 2018 when this disc came out. Oh, okay. They were like, in the next year or two, we're hoping to get it out. So they did some test footage and stuff, and it's about like this apocalyptic thing that takes place on Earth where an earthquake happens, and like aliens come to sort of protect or take take them out while they're in this thing in Los Angeles, one of the great quakes or something. And it looked oh, really crazy. It looked really elaborate, like it needed uh-huh. a really big budget. So, and it costs more now to make movies than it used to, I think, right. because there's so many laws and so many different legal things that you have to do. Right. You know, like when they were making this movie, submerging a guy in a suit with plastic over his face is dangerous and would not have been able to happen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hope your insurance is up to date. That scene in particular where he like hatches out of the earth was really cool looking, but I can just imagine how dangerous it is to be submerged underwater. Yeah, for yeah. For a minute, you know, like It did to... look cool though. It really did. Yeah, I mean, I mean what do you think of what would have happened if you would have died on set? Like if you would have drowned. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, that kind of a dark place, but <laughs> I think that it wouldn't have been a... I mean, I don't know. That's sad. You think I don't, they would have just shut down the movie since it I, was probably, just like a cheap movie? I mean, they would probably come back to it. But yeah, that would probably upset a lot of people. Why are you so dark? What's going on? What? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't left the house in fucking three weeks. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was like a group of old men who just started clawing oh and tearing you apart? I try not to think about death so much. <laughs> Name that movie, guys. Name that movie. Um, so what did you think of that scene where he like that the creature comes up out of the ground right. and then crawls out to the road and then like backs up? And th- then it got hit by a car, right? Yeah. Like yeah, that, that was, was that a freaky of, shit? That was freaky. That was that's what like sucked me in and I was like, Oh, maybe this won't be a bad eighties movie. Right. Did you know that footage right there in particular people thought was like an alien caught on camera thing? Oh, like real footage? Yeah, somebody used it in like YouTube videos and shit. And I remember when it resurfaced, it was like years ago, but people were like, oh my God, alien caught in the middle of the woods. And like (laughs) someone's driving and it's like, oh my God. And they just had this clip. Oh, okay. That's right. Because it was in the car when they were okay. Right. And you see it like. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's funny. So people were like, what the fuck is this? And they had no idea it was a movie. It was a movie. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> I think it's funny. But they had it like like how it moved its legs and arms backwards. Yeah. Like like the elbows went forward and then like the legs went up like a grasshopper. It was cool. It looked like a grasshopper anyway. But that it's got like those red fucking eyes <laughs> that are like really disturbing. And then it stings that dude in the face, which I don't even understand. What is yeah, what sense is that? I don't know. It was weird. I it thought, like stings his face and he dies. Yeah. Well, did it suck anything off of his face? I don't know. I just remember it having gangly teeth. It just yeah, it struck him too. because he goes out to see what he hit and then right. he touches it and he's like, what the fuck is this? And then it stands up, tongues him in the face like it's like lacerating his like it's a snake just under something. his eyes. Like you would put that paint on like baseball players right. do just right there. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. And then the lady, she like gets like attacked in the car. And right. then you find out that he that alien is he takes the skin, I guess, from the other guy. I don't know. Wait, didn't wait? Didn't he like suckle on the woman? I think he and took then, the DNA from the guy and the woman. Oh, okay. And then didn't he like turn into like a cocoon, and then he like ripped out the cocoon as the man? I don't. Because don't you remember the man coming out like he was giving birth or he was getting birthed? I remember. That's what I remember. Yeah, but wait, no. Oh, you're right. Because he attacks that lady, the the woman in the cottage. Car, that's yeah. her name. Oh yeah, the woman in the cottage. Susie, I'm sorry. Susie, what's her name? I don't remember. Susie Sylvie. Oh okay. Yeah, she had a really big part. Like, so a lot of people were like talking about how she didn't, like, nobody gave her a name. They gave the dog a name, but they didn't give her a name. <laughs> they gave her a woman know. in the cottage. The dog's name is Divine, and they named it apparently after John Waters Divine. Oh, did they really? Yeah, he thought oh, that was, funny. he was like, that was extremely hilarious, you know? But that's right. Yeah, the yeah. alien comes into her house. Right. And then attacks her. And sticks a sucker dick on her face. <laughs> it's the, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It and, sticks a sucker dick on his face right. and then pumps in its fucking DNA or something. Uh-huh. And she gets impregnated and then gives and, birth to it. And then he comes out and then <laughs> and when he came out, he had like the umbilical cord in his mouth and he like he like bit off his own umbilical cord. Right. But you're you're missing it. Like she blew up like a huge sack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like something's wrong with me. <laughs> and then falls over and then just gore just spills out of her vagina. You can't see the vagina, but you can see like just all the slime. And yeah. Shit all the meatballs and sausage bits that are just pouring right out. And then he comes out and I immediately was thinking of Will's Ferrell's SNL sketch where he's like, oh, God, it's hot in there. <laughs> Or like uh, Takashi Miike film, I think it was Gozu, where he gives birth to a, a human that died. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, she does. This lady, I don't know. But yeah, that's. I'm like thinking of making a list of like all the movies that give birth to human, like big size people, <laughs> because I have like four movies off the top of my head I can think of right now. Oh, that's weird. That are horror movies that have right. Yeah. So anyway. Um, but yeah, Tony has these weird dreams that his dad is taken up into space. He even wakes up uh, uh, having a, a period or something. 
because he's covered in blood, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which his mom and stepdad just blow off as weird for some reason. Well, they called the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist came over and was, like, talking to the kid. Right, but did they... But, yeah, then they were just, like, It wasn't whatever. a psychiatrist. It was just a regular doctor. Oh, and he's oh, like, well, it seemed fine to, to me. See, they wanted him to see a psychologist. And then they were just like, whatever. It's a, we'll just keep going. Right. Why? And then and then you see him and um, the alien has transformed into this guy and he's like chasing and fi- trying to find Tony, his son, that he left three years prior. And he comes back and he finds him and they find him and the mom slaps him. And, you know, after hearing not hearing from him for three fucking years, so right. she's like, I'm fucking mad. And she <laughs> just lets him over because she's confused. And there was that scene where he was eating the Tony's snakes eggs. Yeah, that was so gross. Fucking gross. I mean, (laughs) it's like custard or something. And and when Tony came in and uh, the dad just turned around, he was like, "What?" (laughs) Yeah, he's like eating fucking snake eggs. He's like huffing gas and like, and then fucking sucking on his son's neck. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Which is where we got the next sucker drink from, (laughs) because it's just so fucking weird. Quick story on that, by the way. Okay, Philip Sayer was pissed about that scene about eating the eggs or sucking the neck the neck okay he was pissed at the director because uh, apparently um harry davenport was like listen he was like you know i wanted him to feel uncomfortable because that scene is uncomfortable and he thought i he was like i thought i was being like really like director you know unique by forcing him and not not telling him it's going to be okay or anything like that and Uh it turned out philip sayer was fucking irate and he was like in hindsight i think about it i i was just being stupid and i wasn't thinking about how i was doing that and like i thought i was being like the the strong director where it's still inappropriate right it is it feels inappropriate to watch even it really does it's and it's fucking gross like it all bubbles up and breathes and shit like do you have a scene that you you liked I liked the scene when Tony started, um, came about, the clown showed up. Oh, yeah. He's using his mind powers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're out of control. And then and then the clown was just, like, making stuff happen and killing people. It's all happy and, like, kind of unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. The music was weird in that. But it worked. And then when the toy soldier came to life that was really cool yeah that's the tick and talk guy yeah the, yeah. yeah that i was really i was like that was really cool how they did that yeah he did a really good job and and they were talking about how it was popular back then i'm like even today it's impressive yeah like even really though was. it's just something you don't think about is it like dance thing yeah it's still impressive when people do it right you know exactly. and, and he really brought that toy to life because how would a toy work yeah and it's jerky is creepy yeah you it know was what I very mean? creepy, but, but I really like that scene. Plus, the clown also had like this razor yo-yo or whatever that it was using. Oh yeah, which I was like, "What the fuck?" Just go smacking people with it. Yeah, he, like, no, he hit he hit Annalise. People. They're fucking the the. the the maid the or maid, the nanny nanny she nanny he has a floppy hammer which i was like Ugh. Uh-huh. and he just smacks her in the head with it and kills <laughs> That's her 
<laughs> and then she and then they put her up in the corner of the room. She turns into this cocoon. Like, like she's the mother of these eggs. These yeah, alien she eggs. just it's like it's all of this fucked up fever dream that Tony has in his mind because his father's like, Well, you'll be able to do a lot of things with your mind that you were never right. able to do before because it's almost like they can like they're living in this other dimension where it's like anything you think you can make happen. Right. And so he creates this fucking clown that like makes it a cocoon up in the corner that looks like some fucking David Lynch shit or some fucking David Cronenberg shit. Right. And it's like spitting out eggs in this weird tube and shit. Like, ugh. Which, I mean, we've seen stuff like that before, but just in this environment, it's really good. Like, it's really creepy. Right. Yeah, I, thought, I don't know. That was really freaky. Yeah. Weird shit, dude. And then he takes the eggs. The clown takes the eggs, turns the fridge over on its side, and puts in this custard or some weird fucking shit. It almost looked like the same vomit shit that they had in uh, that, <laughs> that Peter Jackson movie, um, Bad Taste. Oh, okay. Where they vomit in this bowl. It's like that color, uh-huh. like the, the Easter that, egg yeah, color, the, the green. green. Yeah. Like a pastel green. And he's laying these like weird balloon fucking filled yeah. fucking things that are breathing in there to hatch. That was really cool looking. It's weird. Like this is in a kid's mind. Like what the fuck is wrong with that kid? Um, Maybe he's possessed by an alien. That's what's wrong with him. <laughs> he got sucked by an alien. <laughs> That sounds like a great TV show. <laughs> the, sucked sucked by, by an alien. alien. <laughs> the kid got sucked by an Little alien. Little Tony has a wild adventure with his father sucking his neck. Oh, God, it's so disgusting. Stop, you don't need sound effects. I don't give a shit if it's your birthday. You do not need sound effects for that. And then it all kind of like wraps up like I don't want to spoil everything in it because if you haven't seen it, really, you should see some of the weird things that happen in this movie. But like they 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 somehow like Tony has turned into an alien during his dad's neck sucking. Uh, He's like put the DNA in him somehow to like exacerbate the process or whatever of being an alien so he can take him back to his mothership because he he has this moment where he's like, he's like, where did you go, daddy? (laughs) <laughs> he's like, uh, I went up in a spaceship to another planet. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, but why are you? He's like, I guess because I'm lucky, I guess. You know, <laughs> it's like they had to change me so that I could live on that planet. <laughs> and it's like nothing is explained in this movie. So it's just kind of like mysterious. And you're like, I like that. I like it, too, because it kind of leaves it open. And plus, it's also like it leaves it leaves room for there to be sequels to kind of really explain it, even though the sequels it, yeah. never. Oh, they didn't. They didn't use the same story as the, the first one. Remember, because he couldn't, right. he couldn't use it. Right. But still, there wasn't really anything they could have really used because there wasn't really a story story. Right. Well, there was like, what if they come well, back no, in the future? And it's he, like the story for this one was he got abducted. He came back. He was being weird. Like, there was no explanation. Well, him and his dad go up in the spaceship, and the mom gets left. She comes back. The original ending is where she comes home to the house where the dream white light fucking groom, and it's like everything's white, and, and like, all of these twin Tonys that are, like, aliens that gave birth from Annalise's weird, like, alien tube vagina. (laughs) (laughs) This poor woman. I'm telling you. This poor woman, her fucking boyfriend gets murdered, right? Right. And then her supposed husband who abandoned her like all of a sudden 
turns her child into an alien and they leave and then they just leave her oh and not and you forgot to mention the fact that the the husband raped alien raped the mother so now the mother was pregnant oh that's right because there's that scene where they're having sex right at the cottage where he disappeared he started sucking on her too (laughs) I don't don't know if he sucked on her he fucked on her yeah no he sucked he sucked on her too while he was fucking her well she felt like the side of him and she was like oh my god Sam you're her <laughs> you hurt Sam, and he's like, pull, accent, he pulls oh up like some V, like shit. You remember V, the TV show, where he's like uh-huh. half reptile and his, oh, face, yeah, yeah. his face is ripped off, and he's That's- like, <laughs> <laughs> he starts all gangling up and stuff and goes up in the spaceship. But the point I was trying to make is at the end, when she has the kids, the original ending is that the kids, she, she gets surrounded by all the like little Tonys, and she's pregnant. Right. But then the alternate ending. Poor woman. There is no kids because Bob Shea didn't like the ending from New Line Cinema. He didn't think it would sell very well. And so they put in uh, another alternative ending where the eggs are in the freezer and she picks up one and it pops and puts a sucker dick on her face and she falls over and it's like moving all weird and shit and sucking on her head. Yeah. And she's dead. Yeah. But I, I don't know, which which ending did you like I like the original. I was thinking where the original ending, where the mom goes back and sees all the little kids, if there wasn't a true sequel to this movie, right. wouldn't it be interesting if these kids kind of infected the world, but not on a like wide, Massive. like like take over the world, but not then like a virus. one day Sam and his son come back, you know, grown up or something, I don't know, and like they reignite the whole fucking thing and it's this widespread pandemic. And maybe that's, you know. Yeah, that would make sense. And they're all sucking on people and shit and infecting them. So then the mom... Invasion of the body snatchers or something. The fucking husband could come back to the mom again. Well, why is he all like dark and shit? Like, why does he have to murder and kill things? Like, you know, I don't understand. It's it's just probably the nature. It's just probably alien nature. nature. You are insignificant. Yep. I'm better than you. You must die. (laughs) <laughs> I will consume you and all the things that are consumable. You mean to tell me you can't use your mind to make food? <laughs> <laughs> I am better than you. <laughs> anyway, that's the extra, the extra, extra, because we talked a lot about this. Yeah, we did, but it but was good. There's so many scenes and stuff, and I didn't go over everything because it's just not enough time. But we do have another movie that we're going to be talking about. Which is a Vinegar Syndrome release that just came out here within the past couple of weeks or so. And you can pick it up now if you want. Uh, they sent it over to me as to do like a sort of like a review of the disc and like also the movie possibly. I just like to do both. So I'm going to give you guys some of the deets on that after I do my regular review thing. It will be, uh, you know, just the stuff that's on the disc and like what you can get with it. Oh, Okay. So I didn't even check that out. Oops. Well, that's okay. That's that's my job. That's fine. Oh, that's true. It is. All right. So Deadline came out in 1984. Technically, it was made earlier, obviously, in 1979, but it didn't get a release because they didn't get any funding for distribution, even though it did pretty well. Got some buzz going. They just didn't have the money. Uh, the story is a screenwriter begins to lose the ability to to distinguish between his fantasies and reality with disastrous results. As he thinks about what this could mean, he begins to lose his grip on reality. His wife and his children begin to worry if he's become insane. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're uh, out of control, birthday boy. <laughs> this is written and directed by Mario Azapardi. He did two episodes of RoboCop, the TV series. He also directed two episodes of Captain Power. Captain and, Power! And the Soldiers of the Future. What? Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, if, for those of you who are old as fuck like me, there used to be some toys um, that they had back in the day that were like light guns and if you remember back in the day we also had those those games where you could shoot each other with lights and you had that like oh yeah that power pad thingy on your chest but they had the same thing only it was like these ships that you held like a gun and you could fly them around you know you had a little action figure that you put in the top and they had these vhs tapes that actually um scott gave to me i have two of them oh you do yeah um that, that if you put on the VHS tape, they would flash little white signals. And if the the, the, the camera on the, the gun? spaceship gun uh-huh. that had the little guy in it saw and you got hit, it would pop the guy out of the fucking the seat, out of the cockpit. And then you lose loser? Yes, it was just fun. It was just a fun thing. And you could uh-huh. even play against each other and shoot each other and, like, use your thing to, like, you know, maneuver and not get hit. Uh-huh. So it was just a little fun thing. I just, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but maybe I'm just too old. You're old. Thanks. Happy birthday. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, just a little memory lane thing, but I thought it was pretty cool. He also directed The Flash in the 90s, four episodes of that, a couple episodes of Sliders, nine episodes of Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, The Highlander TV show, Total Recall 2070 TV series, uh, which we have, 21 episodes of The Outer Limits from 95 to 2001. Hmm. And he's done plenty more. I just wanted to point out a bunch of the stuff that he's done. So, uh-huh. Was it his first movie? No, he'd done some uh, TV show before this, and he also did some other thing called Gaga. Oh, okay. Which I, I have no idea what that is. But this movie also had uh, Richard Olskiak. I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but he actually helped write the screenplay for this movie to turn it into what it is. He had worked on some other stuff like Counter-Strike TV series, the Lost World TV series and Beastmaster he did an episode on. So some of the actors in this movie is Stephen Young, who plays Stephen Lessie. He was mostly known for being in Soylent Green. He I was like that movie. Yeah, a lot of people do. He was also in the movie The Clown Murders, Spring Fever, Who's Harry Crumb, The Gumshoe Kid and Charlie Bartlett and many more. Also stars Sharon Masters, who plays Elizabeth Lessie. She was in Booby Trap, The Last Tycoon, and uh, only a few others that I didn't really notice. Hmm. Also, it has Marvin Goldhar. He was Burt Horowitz. He's the producer guy in the movie. Uh-huh. He was in... He's done a lot of voice work for animated series. Uh-huh. He's done Ewoks, the animated TV shows as a voice actor, the new Archies, Garbage Pail Kids TV series, Cops animated TV series. Cops. He did a movie called The Nutcracker Prince and a bunch of other stuff. Also has Cindy Hins, who is Sharon Lessie. She's the little girl. Oh, the daughter. Okay. Yeah, with the blonde, platinum blonde right. hair. Right. And she was in The Brood, which is a David Cronenberg film where all these like clone girls it's very freaky shit very extra kind of weird shit i've never heard of it we need to watch it okay it's, it's good it's weird it's not amazing it's good though uh-huh um but i knew she looked familiar so she was also in the movie the dead zone okay uh also has todd woodcroft who is david lessie one of the other two boy kids i can't verify which by the way i couldn't find a picture 
He was in Deadly Eyes from uh, 1982, which is about a plague of killer rats that grow bigger. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's like notorious that they use dachshunds dressed up like rats in that <laughs> That's movie. Awesome. I want to see that. I know. I was like, I, this might be a fun watch, but it's super expensive and oh, it's okay, nowhere right. on their streaming. Apparently Scream Factory, I think, put it out. But it was it's expensive as fuck to buy now because right. they discontinued it, right? Or the rights ran out on it, so it's like between like a hundred and whatever and three hundred dollars oh if you want to get it. There was another kid who acted in the movie as one of the kids, and his name is Philip Leonard in real life, who plays Philip Lessie, but he never acted again or before. Oh, okay. So uh, this movie had a budget of eight hundred and fifty thousand Canadian dollars. Doors and Christina, what did you think of this fine film? Never heard of this movie before until we watched it. Right. So I had no idea what to expect. Don't sound too pleased. I'm very conflicted with this one. Again, another one I'm conflicted with. So there's stuff I enjoyed a lot, but there was stuff I did not so much like. What things did you like and what did you not? Okay, you want to start with the likes? Sure. I made a list. (laughs) Okay. So I liked how the turmoil of the marriage made me feel uncomfortable. Okay. Their marriage was very rocky rocky, and I really could feel that. It's pretty much a family drama. Yeah, it really, it really was. Some of the like in between stories that he was writing, I really wanted to see more of those stories. Okay. Like the pregnant lady, there was a pregnant lady in labor. Right. And I really wanted more of that story because yeah. that was like, I wanted, I just wanted to know why, but they didn't expand on that. And also the new wave punk story. Yeah. I wanted more of that too. Well, the, she's saying stories because this movie is, it's not an anthology, guys, just so you know. It is one story arc that involves. A writer trying to he's like going over his his yeah, movies it's it's scenes a, it's a writer and then okay this is why i didn't like the movie okay okay so this story is a, is a, it's about a writer okay okay and he they're filming a movie that he wrote but they're also showing stories that he's writing in his mind in his mind and just the way they didn't you you couldn't grasp that concept until like well, not halfway, like a quarter. I grasped it right away. I didn't, and it bugged the fuck out of me. Okay, because I didn't know if if because okay. So in the beginning, there was like two kids, and they got their grandmother. They like tied her to a bed and set her on fire. And I thought it was his kids. Okay, you, you know what I'm saying. So right, I you didn't were realize that that was a story he was writing because the way they like transitioned it. Right. To oh, he's on they the typewriter. They didn't explain it strong. They didn't, yeah, they okay. didn't explain it strong. Okay. And then I feel like if they would have just made it to him writing stories and not a movie or vice versa. Mm-hmm. It might have made more sense if they would have made it flow well. Okay. But God, it just fucking bothered me. Well, you didn't like the scenes in his mind? No, I liked the, I liked the scenes. I wanted more of the scenes, but overall it's a less of the movie, family drama. No, but see, that's funny because I like the family drama. So I why didn't you like the this ending. one then? Because I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. No, it's because they didn't explain it well that, oh, well, these are the stories he's writing. And it's like, why didn't they just focus on like one story he was writing? Well, they kind of so did, though. Could... They got, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because don't don't worry. This is spoiler free, so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff here, guys. But uh, in the movie, there's they he's talking to the producer directly after he has these 
these moments. He's always sitting, every time he's sitting at the typewriter, it's it's him thinking and going into his mind and thinking about what he's writing. It wasn't every And moment. then every time he's done, he every time one of those scenes ends, he talks to his producer and the producer's like, oh my God, this is gold. It wasn't every single one. For the most part, it was a majority of them. No, and then some of the some of the scenes it was actually them filming the movie. But anyway, I didn't like that. I okay. didn't like it. I finally got the concept of it about half an hour in. So another thing I liked, since now I'm all confused, um, I did like the ending of the film. It was twisty, twisty. Okay. But see, for but for me, it didn't save my confusion. Okay. And it was just like the perception of the movie. Where I didn't know what the stories were, if it was a movie or if right. it was a story or if it was real life. I didn't know. That's what I mean by perception. That just pissed me off. Okay. So I think it just had too many storylines happening. Yeah. There was just too many. Too con- it was it's, too it, convoluted. Yeah. Yes. Right. The, good word to use. Thank you. If they maybe would have just made it all about the writer's life and then just like the nun movie, that would have well, been no. fine. Well, no. See, all those scenes were of the same movie. All of them. No, they weren't. So that punks, that was part of the same. But they weren't filming the movie. That was him writing. Yeah, he was because the producer wanted him to do all these crazy but things. See, that doesn't make any sense. So, so why? Did I the think kids, that's what I got from that's, it. See, I I got that he was writing different stories. But anyway, um, because my pro and con list was so evenly, I gave it a five out of ten. Really? So yeah. you just average film. You didn't yeah. like it too much. This one wasn't even a so bad. It's good movie to me. Okay. But well, I mean, enough. it wasn't bad. It was just like, I, I just couldn't, you know. Well, I actually enjoyed the movie. There's so much stuff going on in this movie. It is uneven. I will give you that. It is uneven yeah, for the regular even. movie, but it is a unique movie that is, there's only like one other movie that I can even think of that is like it. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But they've got vampires, cannibal nuns, Nazis. <laughs> family yeah. drama it's it's a really weird film that actually i thought was pretty good though conceptually and it is showpieces like the whole gore showpieces as in you know like really fucked up scenes peppered into this movie right that were really cool and i really did look forward to seeing more of those but it kind of died down and kind of slowed down after a while but that was like done because this movie is like trying to blur the line between reality and filmmaking and writing and creative space and then turning the tragedy from the screen onto the guy's life that's what this movie is about although i do feel like you know you know i'm not sure if this movie this is a story about how you shouldn't embrace horror films or horror literature to tell yeah. the tale of how it destroys families or mock these same people i don't i just i don't know that was confusing because on one hand you got a pretty cool concept that switches between their creative inner vision and reality while on the other hand it's got this sort of message about dangers of dark creativity right. which is interesting because as a horror fan this is something i resonate with okay because i have a lot of people who will sit there and go how do you i had a friend and i mentioned this before who called me a rape apologist because i watch horror movies right no context whatsoever said that because i like horror movies i approve of well, rape that's the alien or that's the internet for you but I that's but i'm alien. just saying this is someone i know right like i thought i knew you know what i mean and they like jumped on me so i can see from outsiders perspectives of people who just can't handle it which is fine i don't mind if anybody can't handle it you know i don't care if you like romance comedies whatever fucking enjoy what you want i don't give a shit just don't attack me and say blah 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 so from 
that perspective in this movie, I really kind of related to it in some regard. Right. But in the same side of the uh, on the other side of the coin, it's also kind of like making it as like a hey, you dabble in the dark arts, you're going to be a murderer or something, you know, like right. or something bad's going to happen. It's karma. But in either case, I think this is a a movie horror fans should watch, even if you don't like it, because it's if not for the story at least for the show pieces of gore because they yeah, are really good they are so either way if you find it interesting to see what it's like for people to give you shit for being a horror fan you might want to see it and if you like gore you might want to see it as well i thought it was like it's a really played straight kind of movie with these like out of place sort of feeling show pieces that i've been talking about which we've referred to on this show multiple times kind of like how Fulci. Um, Lucio Fulci does these show pieces and they're really good like there's some really good gore in this right Um, but it almost kind of loses some of its steam at times because it's not connected to the story so to speak it's just these kind of obligatory scenes that he's coming up with in his mind so I can understand it but I don't I don't think it's below average because of that or just average average right average But I found both of those things really interesting. The fact that they had the show pieces and then, and I also like the story of this guy who's a horror writer and he's getting shit on by people and his description of like why it's not that bad and why it is art and why it mirrors all this and that is all like crazy legit. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because even though we're horror fans and we like all this depraved shit, for the most part, most of us are pretty well-adjusted, nice people who love pets, and mo- some of them don't even eat meat. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> it doesn't. It's not. It's a stereotype. But right. anyway, uh, I thought it was a pretty cool film that feels like it was shot in like the late seventies, uh, which it was. You know, because of nineteen seventy-nine is when they actually made it, so uh, it just didn't get released till eighty-four. But you know, plus the music in this is like so street, like mainstream seventies music. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like this, like the catchy song that's like on this family drama movie that you would find in like TV or something like that. Like totally seventies, but just it's just kind of interesting dynamic there. So I thought there were some pretty wild ideas thrown in here that I enjoyed. Although, like I said, I wish it would, there had been a bit more of them at times, and it sort of does lose, like I said, some of the flair by the end of the movie and the ending for me was a little eh, a little too abrupt yeah you know like i got it it made sense it completed the movie but it wasn't i wasn't like fully satiated like if i had to just give the ending a score it'd be like a six you know what i mean but i thought the storytelling was pretty good though and how he slips in his real life anguish into the scenes that he's writing for the obviously banana script that they're writing for this film for money which i think they pulled off pretty well in some regards and also feels like an after school special with gore that's what this movie feel like like a psa public service announcement and funny enough supposedly that's how they got this movie paid for oh really is by they could write off the entire movie if the message was at a certain thing. Oh, so that is that might be he didn't specifically state that, but he did say that they got this movie written off based on the fact, you know, there was like grants for it at that time. 
I see. So it makes sense. Ending, I see. Right. So those who who like a sad ending will probably like this, but it kind of just pushed it out too quickly, like I mentioned. But even still, I definitely enjoyed watching this little Canadian film. I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10 overall for being somewhat unique and sort of being like a cat in the brain from Fulci, which is the movie that is very similar where his work is like spilling over into his real life. Oh, okay. There's not, I don't really know that many other movies that are like that. I mean, there are, I'm sure, but Mm -hmm. if you guys know any, sound off. But overall, for being somewhat unique and being like that Fulci movie in a way, it it does kind of feel like a love letter from someone who saw the error in their ways to make such fucked up writing or films or whatever and how it affected their lives. But knowing why they did it now to cut, (laughs) to not have to pay for it and just get his feet in the water to as a as a director, Uh it it really did help. So I forgot to mention, like right at the beginning of the film, it gave that warning about um, the quality of the film. Oh, they had they add the extra bit in there that was not in full HD. Right, it, uh, or they didn't have the original print to get it from, or something like that. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh god! And then I was expecting just this grainy thing, and the quality was like really good. I was really surprised. Yeah, there's no. I think this is probably. I don't even think this came to DVD. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I don't think this came to DVD. Oh, so uh-huh. this was straight from VHS. Like, wow. yeah, and it, you know. It wasn't that bad. I mean, there was a little, you know, little like cigarette burn marks. But Vinegar Syndrome does, whether you like all of their movies or not, 100%. A lot of them are really low budget, like forgotten films. And for for a lot of horror fans like myself who've just seen so many, we like to dig. Right. You know, we like to dig and find those little lost gems and polish them off and go, hey, this was cool and I never heard of it. Or, you know, this was cool and it was always forgotten. And they kind of do that same thing with MVD and all those other ones. You know, right. some movies aren't at that popular, but they still have some value to them, even if they're not nine out of ten or, you know, eights. You right. know, they could be fives or fours, but they're right. still, you Even know. Even this one, it's like to me, you know, whatever. But I I, it, I'm glad I watched it. I totally understand what you mean, though, by the whole, like, you know, it's being all over the place for the normal, typical viewer. It's probably going to be a rough sit. But yeah. for those who like to dig for weird, obscure movies, right. this might be for you. Right. I liked the movie. I thought it was pretty fun. Christina's not so fond of it, so that's a different... It's okay. It's a different perspective. That's exactly. nothing it's wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not liking it. I don't mind. Right, but I, there were scenes I liked. Yeah, there is some definitely... There is some like, great a, scenes. A Black Phillip scene, yeah. I might I add. Right smack from the beginning. Right <laughs> at the beginning. Which, in on the region-free Blu-ray, you get the Blu-ray, the DVD, you get a... They give a tw- 2K transfer fully scanned restored from the 35 millimeter vault elements they did had to add some of the other footage that was not hd uh-huh. like you mentioned uh-huh. they did um an interview with the producer henry less they did embracing the horrors an interview with the cinematographer manfred guthe and they even have the reversible cover art of the original cover oh that's right versus the the another one but the, there was posters from, right. They, I think that was an original cover, but they kind of condensed it a little bit for the for uh-huh. that release. So, plus it does have English subtitles. There you go. Right. So, but uh, as I'm speaking of this now, I don't know how long Vinegar Syndrome is going to be doing it. But if you did want to pick it 
up, they do have it on sale for like 24 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you can get the slip cover that is like people sell their fucking slip covers for like $20, $30 like later on. But they have really, yeah, Vinegar Syndrome has like some of the coolest slip covers that you can find because they're like embossed and they have like they really put some really good work into it. And Mm -hmm. the ones I have, there's people that like have plastic cases around both the slip cover and the (laughs) DVD that collect this. I mean, yeah, hey, if you're a fan, yeah, you that's, gotta do what you gotta do. I'm not as into it as those people, right? But I totally get it because um, when these they only do like I think it's like two thousand copies. Oh, limited run. It's fucking gone. Mm-hmm. But you know. But yeah, we're gonna move on to some of the trivia and some of the spoilers and stuff like that. So you're if you haven't seen this movie and you haven't you want to check it out, you I don't think you can rent it right now. Uh, they may in the future have it up somewhere for you to be able to watch the movie. But as it stands right now, the only way you can watch this movie is directly from them. I, I, I don't think it's anywhere else, but I could be proved. I could be wrong. Okay. I looked it up a couple of places just to see. Uh-huh. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. <laughs> uh, so producer Henry Less, he said that this was a movie, like I mentioned, that was made as an anti-horror film the horror film to end all horror films right that's what his terminology of it was and like i said they did get that money he'd only worked on mostly commercials and a few tv things uh oh at the time at the time the original name was what the name of the one of the scenes or one of the films that he had worked on Uh was titled which is anatomy of a horror oh oh okay which was yeah okay right which they 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 definitely used in the movie but right back in the day there were ways to sort of write off these entire projects which i mentioned i feel like this was like a psa movie right so that they could get the federal funding right because this is back in the day when you would think that like people were like this is subversive acts you know video nasties and fucking like you know yanking these things off the shelf and like burning them and shit (laughs) but director mar Mario Azapardi offered to do anything for Henry. He was like, look, man, I just need to do anything. I'll do commercials. I'll work in the background. Like, just let me work. And he was like, yeah, sure. So he like hired him on to do some work and he worked to, to work in the industry. And then eventually Mario convinced him to make a low budget movie. And he was like, sure, let's do a you know low budget film. So he was like, I'll give him a shot. And they started the movie, like I said, in 1979. The year of my birth. The year of your birth. Oh, wow. <laughs> is, there, is there a book on it? Because if there's not. I don't know, but Smashing Pumpkins did a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> Today is the great. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, oh, my is, God. It is. You're silly. Um, but uh, Stephen Young, the main guy, was and is a producer for films. And he was at the time, the wife of his in the movie oh, okay. suggested that he play this part. Oh, okay. And so it was kind of interesting that he was a producer mostly, but he also had acting skills and did the, did the work really well. So yeah, I did. So the, she, she had him brought in. Everybody else was like brought in by the old fashioned way. The band in the movie, the punk band that we were talking about, uh-huh. that has like the face painted up, kind of like the Adam Ant. Yeah, sort of like of they were a real shit. punk band. Oh, really? What yeah, they, they were called? called Rough Trade, and they still make music and tour today. <gasps> really? Yeah, they're that's... from Toronto. Actually, oh, they're from Toronto. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Henry Less said that he was huge and he loved the the music scene in Toronto, uh-huh. and he found them, and he even had a crush on the lead singer. 
Right. Because she was so cool and he she wasn't. so cool. <laughs> I thought that was funny. The light, I just feel bad for her because the lighting in her scenes wasn't that great. <laughs> you think? I don't yeah, know. They, they tried to do it like a stage. Yeah, I know. It just, in the film, it didn't flatter because it shattered her face a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. I thought it looked pretty current of the 80s considering it was made in 1979. You know what right. I mean? Well, like, so, I don't know. But director Mario and Henry, the producer, they ended up not being friends after all of this. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. I guess during the process of filming, he was pressuring Mario because, you know, they needed to have this scene. Some of the producers and some of the people putting the money down wanted to change things in the movie. And he was like, fuck, no, this is my vision. You're not doing that. And it kind of caused waves. Yeah. So but he said that he wrote to him because of this movie coming out. Uh huh. He wrote to him and is like hoping. You know, he said his career didn't really take off after this movie, but it did for Mario. Oh. So he got a lot of the credit for this one. Right. And uh, not so much for him, but he said he's happy. You know, he's happy and he hopes that Mario writes him back. Oh, that's So they can kind of rekindle it because he does have fond memory, a fond memory. Right, of the film, making the film. So can we talk about some of the fucking scenes? Yes. You want to talk about the Black Phillip scene? Yes. That's what I've been waiting to talk about. So there's a scene in this movie, guys. If you haven't seen this movie, I'm I'm spoiling the shit out of this this moment. But it's fucking great. Like, I don't even like the witch that much. No. Like, I think it's a, it's it's a well-made film. It's just not interesting to me. Right. But they have the black this black goat in this movie that is bothering a guy who's working on a hay baler and he's like sticking his hands for some god knows in the front of the fucking yeah it doesn't make like, any sense it doesn't but I mean there's for nothing a that he would be able to like you know yeah I was thinking that too I was like why doesn't he just go like towards the back or up on top but yeah he's basically trying to work on there in some silly fashion and essentially this goat keeps bothering this guy and we call him Black Phil. I was like, it's Black Phillip. And and he causes the machine to essentially chop off his arm and suck him in and chop off his leg. And eventually his entire body and his head just kind of rolls so out. So when he first got sucked in before when he was screaming and stuff, like the first thing I noticed was the close ups on the goat. No, no. The guy, because it sucked in his hand, his sucked in his arm. And then all of a sudden his hand comes out of nowhere, and, like slaps him in the face. It just like plopped up and hit him. <laughs> and like, did you see him catch so it funny. too? He like catches yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. With his good hand. Yeah. It was good. His strong hand. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was a pretty cool scene. It's like, you know, it's followed by him. The, the Stephen Lessie character, the main guy, who is talking to a college classroom and receiving an award for a scene for this particular scene. And a student stands up and says, it's not the language of our society. I don't want to identify with horror. And Stephen Leslie says, well, tough shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah. He was like, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Well, tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, like okay. it was like a mutiny. And it was kind of weird, too, because the people who were giving him the award were even yeah. kind of giving him sass mouth. And I was just like, why are these fucking kids here, these students here, when he's getting an award, why are they even here? Right. If they don't want to see him. Or maybe they just want to confront him. I don't know. But uh, I thought that was weird. Well, I guess the teacher, well, the school was like trying to get them interested into filmmaking. Yeah. But and they were trying if to. If they like, were against it, though, they probably would have said something. Right. They, they didn't yeah. read their audience is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. But the whole classroom but, attacks him for calling him, calling him a degenerate. Like I said, even the guy who gave him the award is giving him shit. 
And this is all intercut with a couple of kids tying their grandmother to the bed, covering her in gasoline and lighting her on fire while laughing and smiling, which is kind of cool. Like, yeah, it was funny. Like the frequency in which we were seeing these scenes was really a kind of a good sign. Was it? For me, I was like, all right, now we're seeing some. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah. You know, even if it's not working within the story necessarily yet just right. seeing it is yeah. still pretty cool oh they're gonna go there they're gonna go there right Those little kids are gonna set their grandma on fire they're gonna go there yeah like they were just trying to be depraved for depraved sake almost right but they had they leave and and his own wife is like laughing at him in the car and she he like strikes her oh yeah he like shoved her across the car no he like punched her in the stomach or oh. something like that i don't know what the fuck he did but she's all like laughing that he got yelled at by everyone uh-huh. and that his life sucks. And she's just like soaking it up because she hates him <laughs> secretly or something like that. And he's kind of a douche for hitting her and shit. Mm-hmm. But that's like the first outburst of him, you know. Even the producers of his films are like yelling at him to give them like groove for money. Like they're like, he doesn't want to do it because essentially he wants to be a legit writer and do the true horror. Right. And in in the end, he has to do it anyway, pushed in so many different directions. He has no choice. Mm -hmm. And then his life falls apart because because of his films. Right. So it's like he's sacrificing his own life by making these movies. Right. By giving up on his beliefs, supposedly. I guess that's what they're saying. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, the, there, you said you mentioned the pregnant scene where the woman and she's having like some serious troubles giving birth. Yeah, she's in labor and she's in the she's in the birthing room or whatever. Right. And the doctor comes in and then they have to escort the the father out because they were having problems and complications. And she's and spitting then, up blood and frothing. Yeah, she started spitting up blood and there's just blood everywhere. And then, didn't the doctor say? It looks like the womb committed suicide. Yes, that's what. Okay, so check this out. So you're seeing this scene happen simultaneously while he's typing. So he's writing this scene. This is what I'm trying to explain to you. Previous, he was typing on the typewriter and then they go to the scene with the pregnancy in the room. And then they flash back because the because the mom comes home drunk. Right. And she's like fucking super drunk because he was supposed to go pick her up at this party and meet her at the party. But he completely forgot because he's completely engrossed in working. Right. And trying to get this film done so he can provide for his family. And she comes home. I guess I don't know how she got home, but she comes home fucked up as shit. And at first you think, oh, she's just drunk. Right. No, he finds a bag of Coke in her fucking purse <laughs> that's like fat. <laughs> and she's been fucking drinking and snorting fucking cocaine and shit. Right. And then like he she yells at him saying that he's a piece of shit. He's a terrible father. Right. And that she's going to leave him and all this other stuff. And he like kind of forces himself on her, which is a little uncomfortable. And he's like, we can make it better. We can make it work, honey. And she's like, no, it's over, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> and then he goes back down to his fucking office and starts writing some more. And that's when you find out in the story that the children hated life so much and they hated the world so much that they killed themselves in the womb that's why oh because his mind was right. mad that his family was being destroyed and they shouldn't have children and right. nothing mattered that it influenced his work oh okay does that make sense yeah it makes sense that's what i liked about the movie uh-huh that's stuff like that like i liked that it influenced the movie on the spot as they were mm-hmm. as it was going i thought that was kind of unique so i'm pretty sure that all of these scenes we were seeing in the movie 
were for the same movie that he was directing because the guy kept asking him for newer pages for the script. It's like, give me more, give well, me more. Well, that movie does not make any fucking sense. It doesn't have to. You know what I mean? Like, they're making some fucking subversive movie that has no connection to anything. It's just subversive for the sake of being subversive. Well, so... Makes there sense di- to me. There there were different nun and preacher stories in that. Right. In the movie. And the, I just don't understand how those other things tied into the movie. I don't know. I just, I, I'm assuming that it's from the same movie. I thought he was writing a book. They didn't care about having a real story because he's having this argument with the producers all the time. Uh-huh. That they only want the dumb shit and he wants to be an artist. Uh-huh. And he's saying, I want true horror, not this fucking bubblegum bullshit you want me to pump out. Uh-huh. Remember? Right. So it doesn't, I don't know. I, I'm just assuming it's the same movie because it would make sense if he just wants obligatory gore scenes in the movie. Right. To make money. Right. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't matter anyway. Right. They even have like flashback scenes where the kids keep interrupting him. Uh-huh. And he like throws one of them on the couch. And then the kids all yelling at him. He's like, motherfucker. I hate you. No, that was later. He oh. calls him a motherfucker. He's like, motherfucker. And I was like, we were like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but they do flash back to that nun in the pre-scene. Did you like that scene? Yeah, I did. They like, this priest is talking about doing communion or something. And he's like eating a fucking Jesus Jeez-it. Cheez-it. Cheez-it? Did you say cheese it a, a Jeez-it. <laughs> oh, a Jeez-it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he, he's like eating the wafer and it's like really awkward and weird how he's eating it. It's like all like sexual almost. Yeah. And then all of a sudden these nuns just like attack him and put him up on a cross and they're like digging a hole out of his chest (laughs) and they cut out a piece of his flesh and are like passing it around like the eating the body of christ right which i thought was cool yeah that was cool made me want to watch that the other hell movie maybe we'll watch that okay it's a nuntastic film nuntastic yeah it's none of your business um do you want to talk about the nazi band scene yeah okay because uh it was weird because all of a sudden there's this band and they're singing and stuff and it was this weird song. And then all of a sudden you see this Nazi symbol with a fist <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, I didn't notice it right away. Yeah, like, I it, didn't either because it was kind of like, it was like hidden ben- behind the fist or whatever. I wonder God, if the I, band was like, what the fuck, dude? So- <laughs> <laughs> I said I'd act in your film, but I didn't say I was going to support Nazis. <laughs> so the premise the premise of that story was it, it seemed like there was Nazis that were they wanted to kill people with sound. Right. Like, the, they wanted to control under- crowd control is what they said. Oh, yeah. Crowd control. Right. But so, it was like a German scientist. Right. Who, who was trying to hire this band. Right. Yeah. And then they brought in some like homeless people. Right. And then they all had these weird uh, like ear um, things on. Right. To cover the sound. And then they started it. And then they're. So the sound came on and these homeless people like it ripped out from like the middle of their body. Right. But did you, you, you must have missed it. They were talking about the brown note the whole fucking time. He uh-huh. was like, I want to create a crowd control sound that can amplify the brown note, essentially. He uh-huh. didn't say call it the brown note, but it was the fucking. Right. He was trying to. He had crafted a way to amplify sound to make people shit themselves to death. And it was just supposed to kind of crowd control people. Uh huh. Um, and that's why they didn't. Oh, that's why it came yeah, in. Yeah, they didn't oh, expect okay. it to blow the kid, the bums up. They gave him like. 
booze and everything and they just started shitting. You could see the water splashing out of their pants. Uh-huh. Like the poop water and Ew. stuff. And this big old bubble comes out of his chest and it's like <laughs> like some fucking birthing thing or something. I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. That was kind of the one of the weaker ones other than the, the pregnancy one. Yeah, the pregnancy one. And this is where it gets kind of fucked up and brings it into reality. So Stephen Lessie did a movie called The Executioners where all these people get hung in the movie. And it's this like really like sick, gross thing in this world of the movie. Okay. Uh Like this movie he created or the story he created is gross and disgusting to humanity. But some people have, you know, said it was like, you know, really brave and ballsy and all this other shit for him making it. And his kids like, Hey, your movie's on the TV tonight, daddy. Can I watch that? And he was like, Oh son, I don't, I don't think you should watch that. Right. And he's, and he's like, why not? And he was like, well, maybe you should ask your mom about that first. But she's like a drunk drug addict. Who isn't mothering. Who isn't around anymore because she's upset with him, I guess. And she's tired of being just a mom, I guess. Uh-huh. You know, who doesn't do anything. And so he watches it anyway with the kids. Like the his, the two br- the two brothers and the girl do it. And he finds out, he hears on the radio that a, two kids like hung their sister. And it's his kids. Oh, that's right. He's like, oh, yeah, just sensationalize everything on the fucking news. And then he turns it. He to turns it to music. another channel. Yeah. Yeah. And the, then they, they zoomed in on on the, the TV, the TV cast talking about the situation. And right. Then he, and then he arrived home on the TV while the yeah, they're all there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? And it's because the kids watched his movie, The Executioner. Mm hmm. So they tied a fucking rope to the fucking end of the staircase, had her stand on a tricycle and put the rope around her neck. She's like, yeah, let me get up here. But and she hung. They hung her. Right. The kids well, hung her. Did you notice like, well, a little bit forward when they were explaining the situation that it was actually the daughter's idea? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was I all an that, accident. I thought that I thought that was interesting. But it was like they're they're like trying to like say like, you know, this is the outcome of your poor decisions. Right. Of writing bad cinema. And this is how it affects children. And, and that's why children shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Like, and it's, well, I don't even think that's true, though. I watched a lot of fucked up shit right. as a kid and I didn't go out and fucking hang myself or whatever it is. Like, right. It's possible that a kid could see something like that and do something like that. Right. I don't think it's impossible, but I don't think it's plausible. It necessarily. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. When you're a kid, you believe in magic and shit, you know? So I guess. Yeah. And Santa Claus. But it would be scary so i wouldn't think the kids would want to mimic it but right. you know you think you're invincible it's like when i was a kid and i saw the movie cobra in the very beginning of that fucking movie a guy gets shot in the head and that was mm-hmm. the first movie i ever saw where someone got shot in the head and it just splats all over the mirror <laughs> and it fucking frightened it scared yeah, me yeah it scared well that's a good thing like that i knew that that was bad it didn't need to know but that some, somebody hanging getting hung is not a good thing but some kids might not have that same mindset let's be like daddy yeah. <laughs> let's go hanging out <laughs> so when it when uh so he ran into the house 
And then the mother came and started blaming him. Oh, yeah. This is didn't, some funny didn't shit. Didn't he hit her or something then, too? No, or he's he, like, like... threw her? Well, his wife is, like, yelling at him. She's, like, just being her typical self, I guess. And, like, he's, like, freaking out because he doesn't know what's wrong. And he tries to talk to the other little boys who are obviously distressed that they just murdered their sister. <laughs> and he, out of... A completely out of left field just starts, like becomes infuriated with the two remaining kids and he's like shaking his older son for like five minutes and he's like why would you do this <laughs> I why wish, I wish what have i done to you to make you hate me i wish people could see your face right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to make myself shake uh but it's just like <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh, and then the the father when he was shaking him he, was like, "What have you done to me? What have you done to my life?" Yeah, like, what oh, have I done to deserve this, Philip? Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why, why? Over and over, and he's like, "I hate you, Daddy. I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say it. it's like it is kind of like that after school special with the lesson, right? At the end, you know, like, hey, wrap it all up, right? And then, okay, so then doesn't he go to a party and picks up these chicks and brings them back? Oh, yeah. So after all of that happens, he goes off the deep end. Right. He blows off his job at the filmmaking. He goes out, buys some fucking, he takes his wife's cocaine and uh, goes out and sprinkling catnip everywhere to get these. <laughs> catnip cocaine. The hooker catnip that he's trying to get these girls out. I don't know where he is. He's at a gentleman's club or something. I don't In like know. Toronto or something. Something. Anyway, he's like hooking up with these girls and he's like getting drunk and just having a really good time. Like he should not be having this much fun after his daughter's death, but he's lost his mind. Obviously. Right. And he invites them and with a bunch of money and invites all of the girls at the club, which is weird. Like, oh, yeah, you're just going to ditch out on work. Well, yeah, because it's a lot of money. I guess. I don't even know if they were working girls or uh, not you know what i mean whatever. like and then he takes them to the mansion he takes them to his house yeah, yeah. and he's like breaks out the catnip for all the <laughs> for catnip all the and alcohol <laughs> coke and alcohol i think we we just were like oh my god yeah, jesus it was christ funny. it was out of control and then he put on his the movie they're like getting naked and shit and like two of them start trying to have sex with him and he keeps pushing him away because he's like, his watch my on, movie. Yeah. Watch the movie. And, he, and he's watching the movie that made his daughter kill himself. Do you kill think her, he her. didn't realize it was that movie or do you think he put it on because it was that movie? I think he was just seeing how far down the hole he could go to hit rock bottom. Oh, okay. And it was like freaked him out. And then he starts like <laughs> pushing all these girls over and they're like pissed off at him. So they start destroying the house and hitting him and shit. And like, he's just this broken man. And then the scene comes on. And then all of a sudden, he starts seeing the daughter. That's right. In the place of. And then, yeah. And then the daughter starts like talking to her. She's on the TV screen on the film that obviously wasn't his daughter, but he's in, it's it's the way they're showing you it. So that he's thinking about her in place of one of those people being hung and how it's affecting him. And did you she's notice, like, Daddy, help me, Daddy, help me, or something, right? Right. And didn't, uh, did you notice that the sons were the executioners? Right. They all yeah. demasked. They took their masks off. Oh, that, yeah. And it was all of his kids. Right. All of his kids were. Yeah. And like, then he's like having like these weird visions. Like there's like nuns in the house and shit. And it like, was like all the stories. Then all the stories came to him. Yeah. They like kill him. And then all of a sudden he's like, like a calm comes over him mm -hmm. and he goes right to the key to the like typewriter and he starts typing <laughs> or he calls, he calls the producer. He's like, listen, horror. 
Tell Horowitz it's Mr. Lessie, and I've found it. I found it. Tell him I found it now. And then he's like typing, and then he's like typing. Oh, maybe that's what that is. He what? was typing him killing himself. Yeah. It wasn't that he actually died. Oh, no, I thought he he wrote this story about him killing himself, and then he killed himself. Maybe. I don't know. That's he, what I thought. Yeah, like it came to life. Yeah. Like it all came to the like head. He he had to end this, his story. He had to end his story. So he the bullet was the the like the yeah. the, the the where it crosses over, where reality and his stories oh, actually. Yeah, that's a little deep. Yeah, but sure. but that's what I mean. Like, yeah. so there is some depth to this movie, bullet or not. <laughs> but yeah, he killed himself pretty much. Right. So, so spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's pretty cool. Like, I think it's yeah, a pretty I, cool idea. I like the ending. I, I thought it ended well. I, I think where this movie really does well is where it, it um, crosses over those things, those ideas a little bit. I really I wish I would have seen saying, more but gore. I don't think they did it well. Hmm. I hear what you're saying. I don't think they did it well in the movie, well, I mean, it's okay that you're wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you've seen this movie and you've listened to this far, I mean, what did you think of the movie? I would love to hear what your thoughts are. I know it's kind of like one of those weird uh, gems, I guess, for some people and garbage for others. You know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> trash yeah, treasure. treasure. Yeah. You just never know because like that's kind of that's kind of the thing. Like I was mentioning, you know, like some of these places that revive some of these old logs movies. Some some people, they they got to see them on the shelf and they watched it and they were like, this is such a weird movie. I need to watch this again. You know, was it a good birthday movies for you? I think so. I enjoyed. I mean, I probably, you know, obviously I enjoyed Extra again for the like 50th time, I'm sure. But you own it now. Right. Which is even more uh, awesome. But I still enjoyed Deadline and I I would genuinely watch that movie again. Uh Uh-huh. Like maybe not with you, apparently, but. (laughs) No, it was fine. It was was a five. It was just okay. God. (laughs) I'm just giving you shit. (laughs) God, Jesus Christ. I mean, you gave it a 6.5. I gave it a 5. Like. I know. Uh, baby, I'm kidding. It's fine. It's all right. Uh, anyway, guys, I would love to hear what you thought about these two movies. Please let us know which of these two movies you would like the most. I mean, I'm pretty sure that most of you have seen Extra for the most part. I would say more than Deadline. But it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are about it and uh, kind of what the story and the concept and things are. Did it work for you? Did either of these movies work for you? Did you enjoy these stories? I would love to hear all that stuff in the comments down below. Uh, I think, I don't know what we're going to do next week just yet. I know we mentioned it in the beginning of the episode so we're probably just going to let you guys know in the social media on facebook twitter and on uh instagram for btv cast so if you want to like go there and find us on on thursday or friday we'll have that posted so that you know what your essential reading or essential (laughs) viewing uh movies are i'll try to find something that's a little bit more accessible for you guys because i want you guys to be able to watch some of these movies like our little book club that i talk about especially now a lot of people have time right or money right you know like so i'll try to find something that maybe if you already have a subscription to like amazon or something like that 
that or I can find it on Tubi as well, you know, which you know, it just has advertisements like every 10 minutes, but which sucks. But, you know, at least it's free. Right. So maybe we can we can do that. But we'll figure it out. Let you guys know. Really, really hope you guys are being safe out there this week. I know it's like a new week and it's just like the numbers keep rising. And it's just beginning. Yeah, it's only just, just begun. begun. The Carpenters from what movie? What movie? In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's it's the song that plays. It's the soundtrack to the end of the world. Oh, I, in the know, movie. I didn't remember. Yeah, I don't know. It's just what they play in the insane asylum when and he's in there going the crazy. The only apocalypse end of the world uh, song I remember is the Pixies from oh. Fight Club. Anyway, guys, thank Happy you. Happy birthday. Thank you, baby. Thank you for putting up with my shit. You're okay. welcome. We're, I we're love ge- you. We haven't killed each other yet in quarantine yet, but Not soon. Not yet. Soon I will be. I'm already plotting. Me and Murray will be uh, licking a scoop out of her body, her corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Not if I don't get to you first. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I I really do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming by each week and checking out the podcast, checking out our YouTube and being involved. It really means a lot to me and Christina because we put a lot of time, effort and money into this. And uh, we really appreciate you guys. So thanks for coming by. And as always. Long live the boy. So...